Welcome to the New to Jesus podcast, where we find foundational truths to help you take your first steps in your walk with Christ. Hey, welcome back to the New to Jesus podcast. This is Dan Bergman. And as we have in the past gone through the book of John, verse by verse, today we're going to be starting a new book of the Bible to go through. We're going to be going through the book of Galatians. Galatians was a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to churches in the region of Galatia, which is currently modern-day Turkey. And this letter was probably written sometime around 55-56 AD, somewhere around Paul's second or third missionary journey. And the reason that I felt led to talk to you about the book of Galatians and to go through the book of Galatians as our second study is there's lots of questions out there that people have about how we get saved, how we stay saved, how are we in relation to the Mosaic law? Um, Do we have to do certain things to keep our salvation? Or how does that all work? And that is specifically what Paul was dealing with in the book of Galatians when he wrote it to the churches of Galatia. You see, there was a group of people that are sometimes known as the Judaizers um, that had come into the region of Galatia teaching false gospels to those people, teaching them things that were not true, teaching them things about how to be saved, how to stay saved that did not line up with what Jesus taught in the gospels. And so part of the reason for Paul writing this letter to the churches of Galatia is to refute the false gospel that was being taught by those that had come in. This group, commonly known as the Judaizers, were people that claimed to follow Christ, but they were also teaching that you needed to keep the Mosaic law. You needed to be circumcised or else you were not saved or else you were not a Christian. And if you didn't continue to keep all of those things, then you were not right with God and you could even lose your salvation. Paul comes in And he teaches that that is absolutely false. He refutes it from scripture and he goes through examples of things uh, that he dealt with in his life, even with the apostle Peter, who was getting sucked into this false doctrine, this false teaching. So as we begin, let's look at Galatians chapter one, verse number one. It starts Paul, an apostle, which means sent one. He, he, he saw the resurrected Jesus. He was an eyewitness of the resurrected Christ, and he was sent by Jesus, commissioned by Jesus to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Gentiles meaning non-Jews. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. Jesus the Messiah is what that word Christ means. And God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul is starting out by claiming his authority comes from Jesus. There were those in Galatia as well as elsewhere that wanted to put Paul's apostleship, Paul's authority in question so that they could throw away the things that he was teaching. But Paul is telling them, I learned what I'm telling you now from Jesus himself. In verse 2 he says, And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, See, there were multiple churches in this region, like I said, which is now modern-day Turkey, uh, churches in that area of Galatia. And he says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
And so Paul is opening up this letter, giving glory to God, framing it in the, in the understanding that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, gave himself so that we could be saved. He gave himself to pay for our sins so that we could be delivered. Not only have a home in heaven one day, but even in this present evil world that we're walking through day by day, we can be delivered from that in the sense that God has translated us already, the Bible says, into the kingdom of his dear son. We have a new identity. We are a new creature in Christ. And so if you are a new believer in Jesus, or if you've been walking with him for decades, if you've known Jesus as your savior for a long time now, according to the Bible, we are in the world, but not of it. Because when Jesus died for you, and you trusted him as your savior, you became born again, born spiritually, you became a new creature. Jesus' desire is to deliver us from this present evil world, even as we're walking through it, and to ultimately have a home together with him, to dwell with him eternally. And that is God's goal. That is Jesus' goal and his desire for every single person who has ever lived. It's, the, it's according to the will of God, Paul says, in verse number four. The Bible also says that God is not willing that any should perish. In, in Peter's epistle, it says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody to be saved. That is his will. But then in verse six, Paul starts talking to these churches at Galatia, which had come to believe the false teaching of the Judaizers. He says, I marvel, I'm amazed that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. There's lots of people out there. I deal with them all the time. I see them all the time on social media. I get messages. I get comments constantly from people that take the gospel, the true gospel, the gospel that, that, that Jesus taught, meaning the good news that we can be saved from our sin through, through putting our faith in Christ and Christ alone. They take that and they add to it. They take that and they twist it or they pervert it, saying, yes, you need Jesus, but then you also need to live a holy life or you're going to lose your salvation. Now, the Bible says, be ye holy as I am holy. We are called to a holy life, but that is not what saves us. If we could be saved by living a holy life, then Jesus would have never had to have come and died. And so what Paul does in the book of Galatians is he's trying to cut between all of these falsehoods, all of these false teachings, cut through the false doctrine and get to the truth that we are saved by faith and that we are kept by the power of God. There's nothing that we could do to earn it and there's nothing that we can do to keep it. And yet these people in the regions of Galatia whom Paul knew, whom Paul had visited probably twice in his life before writing this letter, he says, I'm amazed that you're so soon removed from the truth, from the gospel of Christ, the simple message of salvation from sin through faith alone in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I'm, I'm amazed that you're removed from that to believe another gospel. 
There's some that would trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. If you ever hear somebody, you know, online or in person that says, well, yeah, you need Jesus, but you also need A, B, or C. You need to be baptized. You need to join a church. You need to um, take this sacrament or you need to confess to a priest or you need to, um, you know, live a life that is immaculately perfect or else you're going to lose your salvation. That is false. That is totally false. Does God want us to live a holy life? Yes, absolutely he does. He, want us, he wants us to live a life that's uh, free from sin and, and, and a life that's pure and a life that is following him closely. But that's not what saves you. That is not what saves you. And that's not what keeps you saved either. He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another but there'd be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Satan likes to take little, little bits of truth and, and, and mix them in with lies. Okay, and he takes something that is partially true and he mixes it in with lies and he tries to get us to believe it because it looks like it could be true, but it's completely, totally false. And so those that were coming into the regions of Galatia, they were perverting, they were twisting the gospel of Christ. Then he says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And just in case they didn't get verse 8, Paul reiterates in verse 9, As we said before, so now I say again, If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let him be accursed. You see, it's a very, very dangerous thing to be preaching a false gospel. Paul says, if you hear anything from anybody, even if it claims to be an angel from heaven, and this is important because sometimes people claim to have visions, visions of Jesus talking to them, visions of an angel, you know, having a dream about Jesus talking to them. It's a dangerous thing to take that as gospel truth. Because according to the word of God, the only thing that is, a, that is a sure foundation that we have, a sure word of prophecy, is the Bible itself. We shouldn't trust in dreams and visions and different things that people might tell you. He says, if an angel from heaven comes and tells you something that's not what I have said, let him be accursed. If a man comes to you and preaches something that's different than what you've heard from us about Jesus dying, being buried, and rising again to pay for your sins through putting your faith in him, if you hear anything other than that, let that person be accursed. Let that person be under God's judgment, he's saying. Don't listen to those that teach something contrary to God's word. Verse 10, he says, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Why does Paul say this? Why does he say, why does he bring up this thing about, you know, do I please men or God? Do I seek to please men? Because these false teachings and the false teachers that promote them it's a doctrine, a teaching made from man. Good works to get you to heaven. Good works to keep you saved. That's a man-made teaching. That's a man-made doctrine. 
Paul is saying, do I live to please men or do I live to please God? If I live to please man, then he says, I would not be the servant of Christ. See, the two are contrary one to the other. If you're going to believe what some man says that contradicts the word of God, then you're not the servant of Christ. You're not following Jesus. And so we need to be careful because there's all kinds of people out there, wolves in sheep's clothing, that claim to be a Christian, that claim to be a follower of Christ, but they're trying to get you to believe something that's false. Don't trust what that person says. And I would even say, don't give them the time of day. Don't even listen. Just keep on scrolling. You see somebody comment some things that are not true, you have no obligation to respond. Many times, all they want is an argument anyway. But don't get sucked into this false teaching, this man-made teaching of good works in order to be saved. What Paul was dealing with here specifically was the Mosaic law to be saved or the Mosaic law to stay saved, or even just the Mosaic law to stay right with God. The law is good, but the Bible says that Jesus took those things out of the way, nailing them to his cross, that were saved through faith alone. And by the way, I mentioned this as we went through the book of John, but the New Testament actually reiterates and recommands nine out of the ten commandments for believers to follow today. The only one that is not recommanded in the New Testament is the keeping of the Sabbath. And if you're curious about that, go back to our our series on the Gospel of John. I have an episode entitled, The Sabbath According to Jesus. How Jesus fulfills that. Should we take time to worship the Lord? Yes. Should we take time to rest? Yes. Does that have to be on Saturday? Not specifically. Uh, I believe God created us to rest and God created us to worship him. But who says that that can't be every single day? In Christ, Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you Shabbat. I will give you rest. Um, Anyway, don't believe teachings from people that contradict the word of God. He says in verse number 11, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's saying the gospel that I am preaching right now, I received directly from Jesus. We'll get to that in a minute. But he says in verse 13, For ye have heard of my conversation, my lifestyle in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Um, You might be familiar with this, you might not. The Apostle Paul, uh, also known as Saul, he had a Roman name Paul and and his Jewish name Saul. Uh, He's a Roman citizen, but he is a Pharisee of the tribe of Benjamin. And so Paul was a very, very zealous Orthodox Jew. And he persecuted the church. What he would actually do to believers is he would go to their house, he would knock on their door, and he, the Bible says, would hail them as a believer. You know, he might open the door and he'd say, hey, brother, you know, as a believer would greet another believer. And as soon as that believer would respond, the Bible says that Paul would have them committed to prison 
and oftentimes executed. Um, it was a very, very dangerous thing to be a Christian in the first century. There was persecution from all different angles. And Paul, he calls himself the chief of sinners because he was heavily involved in the persecution of believers, the persecution of Christians. And then when he was on the road to Damascus, on his way to uh, ensue more persecution of Christians, the Bible says that Jesus appeared unto him. And Paul became blinded. And Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You can read all of this in Acts chapter 9. But basically, Paul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he gets saved. He realizes that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He trusts Jesus as his Savior, and Jesus commissions Paul. He says, you are going to bear my name before the Gentiles and before the children of Israel, and before kings. Jesus had a plan for Paul. But just as Paul says, verse 14, I profited in the Jews' religion. And the, 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 re, the reason he says it this way is not anti-Semitic. It's the fact that those that he's talking to are not Jewish. Those that he's talking to are, are Gentile non-Jews. So he's speaking of, I, I, I profited in, in, in Judaism, above many of my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. But then it says in verse 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, he's speaking of when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, that I might preach him among the heathen, the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, I didn't receive all this stuff from other apostles. He says, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. So after Paul gets saved, according to scripture, this passage right here, for three years, he was in the desert in Arabia, learning from Jesus himself. Jesus specifically gave Paul revelation of all these things that are talked about in Paul's letters. Um, and we just need to understand, and Paul's trying to get the church at Galatia to understand that, that Paul's authority comes directly from Jesus himself. He says in verse 20, Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God... I lie not. Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. The Jewish believers in Jerusalem and in Judea, they didn't know me. They didn't know my face. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in time past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed. And they glorified God in me. So we're not getting really heavily into this conversation in Galatians chapter 1, but we're kind of laying the groundwork for where Paul is coming from, his authority as an apostle, someone who was sent firsthand by Jesus himself, and what he's doing in this letter to the Galatians 
is combating the false teaching, the false gospel that was being promoted in that area. That yeah, you're saved by Jesus, but you're also you need to have you need to have the law too in order to really be saved, or to stay saved, or to please God. And so I really am excited to get into uh, the rest of this letter uh, with you. Galatians is not a very long book. It only has six chapters. But as we go through these chapters, um, my hope and my prayer is that we will learn a lot as we draw closer to Christ together. We walk by faith in this new life in him and that we would be found to be pleasing to him in all of our understanding, what we believe, and what we preach. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you in the next lesson. Thank you so much for listening to the New to Jesus podcast. You can go to our website, newtojesus.com. That's new, the number two, jesus.com. If you'd like to find me on social media, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at danielbergman99. And if you'd like to rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that helps us to get in front of more people to help them take their first steps as new believers in Jesus.